Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Fruits Podcast. And I thank you for joining me today. And uh, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you hadn't done that already. That'll help us out. And uh, make sure you get the notifications by ringing the bell. And then share this with somebody. Let somebody know about what's going on here. And you can find out all kinds of things about what we're doing on the website, myfaithroots.com. John 20, 29, Jesus said this, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And in our last lesson, we established something. You don't make something true because you believe it. The Bible talks about people who believe a lie. And uh, if you believe a lie, that means that what you believe in is not true. You don't make it true because you believe it. That's a very popular idea in our culture today. I can make something true because I believe it. You hear people say that, well, that may be true for you. No, it's either true or it's not true. It's not true for me and not true for you. It's either true or it's not true. And that's what we are called to. We are called to a very certain faith based upon real evidence, real evidence. Now, Abraham is the father of this walk with God that we have. There are others that had faith before him, but he really had the most lengthy walk and the most dynamic walk, and we, we get all kinds of intricacies with him. And, and here's the reason why. Abraham is the covenant father of all of us. Uh, he established the relationship with God, the covenant with God, the blood covenant, and uh, all of these things that we know today, the principles of faith, they all can be traced back to Abraham. That's why his name appears over 70 times in the New Testament. He believed the words of God before he saw their physical manifestation. That's what is so notable about Abraham. Now, fortunately for us, the New Testament lays out a step-by-step -step process of how Abraham believed God to receive a son in spite of impossible circumstances. Now, there are loads of people in the Bible who received blessings from God who didn't really have impossible circumstances. There were plenty, though, who did. And uh, there were big-time miracles like the crossing of the Red Sea. God set that up. God set it up so that it would be impossible for the children of Israel to escape. They could not go to the east, that was the Red Sea. North and south, the mountains went all the way down to the beach. There's no way to get around them. And the narrow canyon through which they had come to get to the shore of the Red Sea was now plugged up by Pharaoh and all of his chariots. It was a totally impossible situation, the kind of thing God absolutely loves. When Jesus goes to Bethany to the house of Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus, who is dead, he's been dead four days already, it was a truly impossible situation, but it was exactly what God wanted because he wanted to show that he has power over impossible situations. The resurrection of Christ, totally, completely impossible. And so God loves to do these impossible things, and uh, he did this impossible thing with Abraham. And I want to turn you to where we see it it's found in Genesis chapter 17, reading from the New King James Version. And I'm going to start reading with verse 1. When Abram, which was what his name was early, was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly, 
Then Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. Now, that you shall be is a future statement. You shall be a father of many nations. That, my friends, is hope. And Abraham had hope to become the father of many nations. And he never doubted that. He believed that someday that that would happen. But as of this moment, he does not have enough definite information from God to begin the final step in faith. And there is a huge change. Now, this, this you shall be the father of many nations, God said that in Genesis 13. God also said that in Genesis 15. And it was always about you shall be, you shall be. But then God does something totally different. He hadn't done this yet. This is remarkably different. And in verse 5, God says this, No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. Now see, the fact that God changes his name right here signifies that there is a change in the operation. It's different. God didn't change his name earlier. When God said, you shall be a father of many nations, God did not change his name then. He changes his name here because everything changes. All right? He said, your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. And that is a difference in tense. That's past tense. You are Abraham. I have made you a father of many nations. Now this is no longer hope. Now he is in faith, total faith. Yes, there was a general faith that he would become a father, but now he has very specific faith. And you can't really begin the greatest operation of faith till it gets very specific. So how does God release his faith? It's really simple. He calls those things which be not as though they were. Now I'm going to read to you from Romans chapter 4, verse 17, and this is the New Testament narrative of how God did all of this. And that's why it's so important when you read these stories, you look around the Bible for all of the different places where you can find out something about how they happened. Romans 4, 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Now that's different than I shall make you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which be not as though they did or as though they were. God said to Abram, I have made you. That's different than you shall be. This statement is what triggered the change. There's a real change here. And I, I, I've heard people preach and teach, and I know they meant well. I'm not trying to be critical, but Abraham walked around believing God for a son for 24 years. Yeah, he did generally. But the real intense period of his faith, the intense period that is described in Romans chapter 4, is a one-year period. And here's why. This is the first time 
that Sarah has ever been mentioned. And, and in fact, God did something different there with her too. He said, you don't call her Sarai anymore. You call her Sarah. And so there's a change in her name. In fact, we've talked about this. Both Abraham and Sarah received the sacred hey, the fifth letter, the number of grace, the fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet was breathed into the name Abraham and Sarah. And so God did the impossible. He waited for the impossible. Sarah was 89 when God made this promise, and Abraham was 99. And they both had reached an impossible situation. Now, we pointed this out earlier, but I'll repeat it because it's very important. Abraham had to reach a point in his body where he could not father children. Just a few years before, when he impregnated Hagar, he was able to father children. The reason that God rejected Ishmael as the promised seed was because he did not come through supernatural birth. God wanted to begin Israel in a supernatural manner. It was a supernatural covenant. So God wanted a supernatural birth to begin it. The New Testament starts with a supernatural birth, the virgin birth of Jesus, and it continues with a supernatural birth. And you had it, I had it. We received Christ and were supernaturally born again. And listen, my friends, this is not a figurative thing. We literally were born again in spirit, and it's miraculous. And it's, listen to me, people who knew me, before I receive Christ will tell you that I am a totally different person uh, than I was before. Totally different. They can see the difference in me. What happened? I had a supernatural rebirth. And that's the basis of this covenant. And God can do this for anybody. And listen to me. He can do it for some of your family members that you are very concerned about right now. God can give supernatural birth. And don't doubt what He can do. Now the Bible says that Abraham, contrary to hope, Romans 4.18, believed in hope. In other words, he had no real hopes in the natural. He could not reproduce, neither could Sarah. Sarah couldn't do it even when she was younger, but she certainly can't do it now. So God waited for a completely impossible situation. He knew that the situation was hopeless, but you know what? Abraham had faith. Where'd he get it? God spoke to him. And he had learned enough about God to know that you could trust God. So God spoke to him, and now he's got faith. So he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. It didn't come because they all of a sudden felt something in their bodies. In fact, it appears to be at least 12 months from the time of Genesis 17 to the birth of Isaac. The nine-month clock started in chapter 18. I will return to Sarah according to the time of life, this time next year, and she shall have a son. So the the, the nine months begins a little bit later in Genesis 18. So there was a three-month period here where God was working in the bodies of Abraham and Sarah, and uh, they were walking in faith for that three months before they had the physical, physical demonstrations of what God had said. Now, let's look at Romans 4.19. Abraham, being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Listen to me. 
If you want to be strong in faith, you cannot sit around and think about all of your negatives. You can't think about the negative circumstances that oppose you. If you dwell on those, you cannot have strong faith. He instead focused his attention and his believing on what God said. That's where he got his power. He focused on what God said. Circumstances are screaming at him, but you're 100 years old. Sarah's 90. How is this going to happen? Didn't matter. God had made a statement and they believed it. Now, he didn't deny reality. He didn't say, I'm not 100, Sarah's not 90. He didn't say that. He acknowledges what God has said. Now, doesn't matter what the natural world says because we're not relying on the natural world for our faith anyway. And, and, and we're not relying on the natural world for our deliverance. All right. Here's 2 Kings chapter 6, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Uh, Elisha the prophet has been telling the king of Israel uh, about all the ambushes that have been set against him by the king of Syria. So the king of Israel avoids all the ambushes and the king of Syria says, we got a spy here. And one of his men says, no, the prophet Elisha is telling the king of Israel every move we're about to make. And so he said, well, let's go get him. So they surround the city of Dothan and that's where Elijah is holed up. And uh, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15, And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He knows they're in trouble. The, the kid does, the servant. And he answered, Elisha did, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed... And he said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Now, it doesn't say that God sent the chariots. They were already there. They were already there. The young man just couldn't see them. You see, realities that are spiritual are real. You may not see them, but they're real. When God makes a statement, it is real. It is when you believe it that the peace and the effect of it takes place in your life. And th there are a lot of people who could have way better things in life than what they have, but they don't believe the important realities. We are called to a higher reality, what the Word of God says. Now, Abram or Abraham kept himself from wavering by doing something to offset the negative circumstances. Listen, if you're 100 years old, you feel 100 every morning when you get up. I'm almost 70, and I feel different things in my body than I did 20 years ago. Uh, Romans 4.20, he didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. Through the whole process, he gets stronger and stronger in faith. How does he do it? Giving glory to God. All right? Uh, the Living Bible says he praised God for the blessing before it ever happened. You know what you're doing when you start praising God for answers before they happen? You're actually filling your jug with faith. Now listen to me. Your, your jug can't be full of both faith and unbelief at the same time. And so you, you don't look at an empty jug and say, I'm not going to let air get into you. I'm not going to let... No, the, there's a way to drive out the air. You drive out the air with pouring a liquid into your jug. You need to pour faith in and keep faith moving in your heart. And when you do that, it automatically shuts down the doubt. Your faith automatically repels doubts and it keeps you from wavering. Now, Abraham 
Romans 4.21 says this, was fully convinced, being fully convinced that what he had promised, God was able also to perform. Who fully convinced Abraham? A lot of people say, well, God. Well, I want to ask you a question. Why isn't everybody fully convinced? If God is the one who does the fully convincing, why isn't everybody fully convinced of God's promise? A lot of people are not fully convinced, and yet God's the same with all of us. He's no respecter of persons. See, we are the ones who fully persuade ourselves, and we do that by reminding ourselves of what God has said. Well, that's all the time I've got for today, but I'll tell you what, we're going to get back into this tomorrow because there's so much more to these principles, and I can't wait to share them with you. See you then.